This podcast of Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by BASF. Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day. Here's what we're going to be talking about today on AOA. We'll find out more about the decision by the National Pork Producers Council to cancel this year's World Pork Expo. Jim Monroe with the National Pork Producers Council will join us to tell us about that decision. We're going to talk trade with Joe Glober, Senior Research Fellow for the International Food Policy Research Institute, former Chief Economist at USDA, his thoughts on the talks with China and uh, the ongoing effort to pass USMCA. And, of course, weather, a big uh, story again for much of uh, the Midwest. Several states getting pounded again or about to. We're going to talk with a farm broadcaster in South Dakota for an update on conditions in that state. That leads us right into our open as we talk with uh, DTN meteorologist, Mike Palmerino, we've asked him back to give us an update on the storm. Mike, thanks for being with us. Uh, what can you tell us? Well, we can say that uh, this thing is really going to town right now, Mike. The uh, core of the heaviest snow so far through uh, this morning has been in uh, South Dakota, where much of the state, except for the southeastern corner of the state, has picked up about 8 to 12 inches, locally up to 18 inches lesser as you go into Nebraska, and it's just beginning to really get started in parts of uh, western Minnesota and southeastern North Dakota. Has the path changed any from what you thought it might earlier in the week? The only thing I would say is that it shifted a little bit further north. Early in the week, it looked like the center of the low would go over Kansas City. Now it looks like the center of the low is, is shifting more up towards the uh, Omaha, Sioux City area. So a little further north, which has pushed the band of heaviest snows, where we thought North Dakota might basically totally escape this storm. Now it looks like they're going to get some heavy snows over the uh, southeastern quarter of the state. Now, how long do you expect this to last? Uh, It'll be pretty much done after today. It looks like we've got uh, basically... Uh, today into tonight, and then it winds down to just uh, a little bit of light snow or flurry activity uh, on Friday. And what's behind it then? Well, there's another big storm, but fortunately it's going to stay off to the south and east. So I I guess the fortunate thing is the areas that are getting pounded now are going to miss this next storm over the weekend. The areas that really are not being Very negatively impacted in the southern and eastern Midwest and on down through the Mississippi Delta, they are going to really feel the effects of this next storm coming up over the weekend. It looks like a a solid, it'll be all a rain event, but it looks like a solid one to two inches locally heavier across the Mississippi Delta, Missouri, and the entire eastern Midwest. Wow, we seem to be in a pattern here, one storm right after another. We really are. You know, it's a, it's a very, very active pattern. A lot of storms coming in the West Coast. They have shifted more up into uh, the Pacific Northwest rather than California. But once they come in, they drop into this very uh, broad trough of low pressure that's situated right over the uh, central part of the country, and it's feeding off of that warm air coming out of the Gulf. And uh, much of central and eastern Canada is quite cool, so you've got a tremendous contrast in air masses right now, and that's what's creating these uh, very intense storms. We're talking with DTM meteorologist Mike Palmerino. Mike, is this snow that's uh, hitting now, is this a heavy, wet snow? It is. It is a heavy, wet snow, and, uh, you know, it's it's certainly uh, very bad news for any uh, uh, any livestock out there, especially any calving or, or lambing that's going on, this is uh, this is really going to put a lot of stress on uh, on these animals. And the other thing we have to keep an eye on again, Mike, the the good news was with this storm at least was that we had melted most of the snow that was on the ground with the previous system, creating all that flooding. 
but now we're going to lay down all this snow again. And, uh, you know, if another big storm were to come in, especially if it was a rainstorm, uh, that could produce more devastating flooding. I guess if there's any good news right now, it's that the storm track over the next week to 10 days is going to keep these systems well off to the south and east of this area of heavy snow. So hopefully we'll see some orderly snow melt, but clearly producers are, are not going to be getting out into the fields uh, anytime soon. And even areas further south where they've been able to get a little work done, even into the deep south, these heavy rains, it looks like two major heavy rain events during the next week. So planting and field work is just basically going to be shut down here uh, over the next uh, couple of weeks. So South Dakota getting hammered right now. I think I've seen some reports for parts of Kansas getting snow, too. They did get some. Uh, it wasn't as heavy as you uh, went into uh, Kansas, but it looks like, you know, we're talking probably anywhere from about uh, four to eight inches in the northwest corner of the state, increasing as you move northward into, uh, into Nebraska up to about six to 12. And what about temperatures? Temperatures are, you know, they're cool, certainly with this uh, precipitation event. We're looking at highs that are going to be mostly in the 30s and 40s uh, over the next day or so until this storm moves out. And then we will begin to see the temperatures warming up, um, probably not getting back to normal again until early next week, but they'll gradually climb up through the 50s and probably get into uh, even some 60s by uh, uh, early next week. Wow. So when you look at the, the storms we're having and uh, how much snow and moisture we're having uh, in some of these areas, uh, uh, what year do you compare this to, Mike, when you look back? I, I really can't say there's any strong comparison at this point, Mike. You know, everyone's talking about 1993, but... You know, that, that really isn't a good comparison because that was all loaded into sort of the mid to latter part of the growing season as opposed to really this one is more loaded into the pre-planting or early planting season. So I, I can't say there's any really, you know, good comparisons uh, to anything we've seen before. The good news is, as I've been telling people, you know, it's only April 11th. You know, we're not sitting here talking about this on May 11th when it would be really time to push the panic button. So hopefully, you know, the, the most likely scenario is, is that these storm systems will begin to weaken as we go further into spring and we'll lose that strong contrast between air masses. And, you know, gradually things will, will straighten themselves out. But, you know, it, it looks pretty scary right now and and i think things can only start to get better from here all right mike thank you for the update we'll talk again on monday okay sounds good mike thank you dtm meteorologist mike palmerino more on the uh, winter storm in south dakota a little bit later on but up next what led to the decision to cancel this year's world pork expo we'll talk with jim monroe with the national pork producers council next on aoa Powerful, effective, proven, tough, consistent, reliable. A lot of adjectives can describe a herbicide's weed control, but one only applies to Liberty Herbicide. Superior. Liberty Herbicide has no known resistance in row crops, more convenient application flexibility, and excellent control of key weeds, all backed by the Liberty Weed Control Guarantee. Learn more at liberty.basf.com. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin, we want to talk about the Dairy Pride Act that she is once again helping to sponsor. We have seen an explosion of imitation products that have gotten away with using dairy's good name for their own benefit which is actually against the law, and that law must be enforced. So the Dairy Pride Act pushes 
the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, to actually enforce the law because mislabeling of plant-based products as milk really does hurt our dairy farmers and their hard work should be recognized and the law should be enforced. Dairy farmers across America are sort of in a perfect storm of uh, unfavorable conditions, whether that's the low price that they're getting for their milk or uh, issues of oversupply and trade wars. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Hi, I'm Greg Peterson of the Peterson Farm Brothers. If you've seen our videos, you know we're proud to be farmers. Farming can be dangerous. Never assume location or depth of underground utilities or pipelines. Before you start any work on your farm, call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com to have underground lines located. It only takes a minute and can save your life. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. So you want to stay on top of the week's agriculture news and have it available at your fingertips. Well, tune in to the American Ag Network Week in Review podcast. It's 15 minutes of the week's top agriculture stories published every Saturday and available anytime on iTunes, TuneIn, and Podbean, or by clicking the link on our website, AmericanAgNetwork.com. Tune in to the American Ag Network Week in Review podcast to go more in-depth on the week's top stories. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider. Vermont and New York Banking Departments. Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. This year's World Pork Expo has been canceled uh, as a precautionary move against African swine fever. Here to talk about that decision is Jim Monroe. He's Senior Director of Public Relations for the National Pork Producers Council. Jim, thanks for joining us. Uh, Take us behind the scenes. What went into the decision, pretty big decision, to cancel World Pork Expo? Yeah, it was a big decision, a very disappointing one. It's a great event uh, for for everyone involved in the uh, pork supply chain. And uh, we're disappointed that we're not going to be hosting the event this year. Um, you know, it, it, I think really the, the concern about um, the risks began, as you know, I think, Mike, back in August of last year when we saw the first outbreak of African swine fever reported in China. That's the by far the world's largest swine herd, and it just the fact that it is present in China just raises the risk globally that it can spread to other regions. And while we you know, we think the the, the uh, risk of African swine fever spreading to the United States because of World Pork Expo is very, very remote. Um, we still decided to exercise caution. It would be a disastrous outcome if it did come here. We we can't say the risk was zero, and because of that, we decided to to, to make the decision to unfortunately cancel the event. As I've often said, World Pork Expo, emphasis on world, because you do have a lot of international visitors that come to uh, Expo each year. We do. We get about uh, 20,000 uh, in total that you know come through the event over three days, and um, a lot of international visitors. We have folks from about 40 different countries, and unfortunately, some of those countries are, are, are positive for African swine fever. So, uh, the, the, as you say, the um, global nature of the event certainly impacted the decision. We are continuing to get reports of African swine fever 
uh, being found in other countries. So obviously it is spreading. Uh, that probably made this uh, even more of an urgent issue to consider when making this decision. Yes, that was a factor. And, um, you know, we continue to focus on, um, you know, protecting the U.S. swine herd. That's our number one concern, the health of the U.S. swine herd and the livelihood of our producers. Um, we had over 100 uh, pork producers in town uh, in, in Washington, D.C., where I'm sitting this week. Uh, it just so happens that this week is our legislative action conference. We hold that event twice a year. It's when our producers come to town to meet with their representatives in Congress. And with or without this announcement, uh, animal disease prevention and preparedness uh, was, to- was on top of the list of issues to discuss with lawmakers and um, specifically our ask that, they, that Congress uh, appropriate funding for 600 new agriculture inspectors for uh, Customs and Border Protection. Um, we've seen a good response from USDA and Customs and Border um, to you know, increase biosecurity measures at our borders. We do think that uh, these new ag inspectors are another step that we should be taking. And um, as you know, you know, just heightened concern right now, and we want to do all we can to, uh, to, to, to guard against the introduction of that disease here. It's one that would immediately close our export markets, and uh, there is no vaccine right now, so prevention is really the, the, the best defense. Yeah, that really, I was going to get to that. I mean, that's a huge point. There's no vaccine, so uh, you've got to keep it out because once you have it, then then you uh, you have no way to treat it. Right, and as you know, Mike, there's, we're already facing trade headwinds uh, in U.S. agriculture, including pork, and uh, it would just be devastating to have uh, have an outbreak here that would close our export markets and um, be a tough situation to deal with. A lot at stake, a lot on the line here. We're talking with Jim Monroe, Senior Director of Public Relations for the National Pork Producers Council. Jim, uh, for those that were planning on being at World Pork Expo, especially as exhibitors, uh, I mean, logistically, uh, this is a big decision for them. I mean, that changes a lot of plans. A lot goes into staging an event like that each year. Yeah, it's it's, uh, unfortunate. Uh, We're not too far out from the event, and... Um, you know, when we when we end one World Pork Expo, it's not too long after that that we're already planning for the next one. Uh, a lot goes into it, and uh, we we have we have felt a great deal of support though for the decision, including those who were planning to exhibit. And um, you know, the Des Moines uh, community obviously it's a disappointment for Des Moines. It's a, a revenue source for them as well for Iowa. And um, I have to say though, the support has been very very strong i think you know we feel like we've made the right decision and the feedback we're getting from folks throughout the industry supports that and i must say you know we had a a breakfast this morning where all of our producers who were on the hill meeting with their members of congress yesterday um we came back together and went around the the room and everybody all of our state delegations reported back on their meetings and there was also very just very good support from members of congress and their staff they you know they're following this issue very closely they they um you know saw that what we did with world pork expo and i think there's actually now among lawnmakers um a heightened sense of just how serious this is and and so we're getting very i think getting good support from all from all corners yeah the risk even if slight is just too great to take a chance Absolutely. I mean, it, we couldn't. You know, there was a, there was an evaluation that was done. It included um, veterinarians. It included an inf- infectious disease expert. We talked to government officials. Um, this evaluation has been going on for some time to you know assess the risks. And again, very it's very very remote. I think that it would happen because of World Pork Expo. Um, but we couldn't, you know, we, we can't look our farmers in the eye and say that, the, that there's a 0% chance. And, and unless we could do that, I think, you know, we had to make this decision. Uh, the health of the swine herd, the livelihood of our producers, that's our top concern. Gemma, as, you're, as you have producers there in Washington, D.C. this week, I, I'm, you mentioned this about trade. I, I've got to believe that's uh, uh, right at the top of the list of uh, issues of concerns and discussions going on. It is. I, I, uh, trade and, and animal disease issues uh, were on top of the list. Um, you know, there's uh, we had good discussions on the Hill, uh, you know, removing metal tariffs and 
um, you know, getting restoring zero zero tariff trade with Mexico is just so important for us right now. Um, I don't know if you saw it, Mike, but we had the ambassador um, to the United States from Canada this week uh, talking about potentially rotating their their list of products on their retaliation list because of those steel and aluminum tariffs. Um, right now, pork is not on that list, uh, but he specifically called out pork as a possibility. Um, that would be a huge disappointment to us. There has been no bigger supporter of free trade in North America than U.S. pork producers. Uh, but hearing the Canadian ambassador to the U.S. mention the possibility of pork is just, uh, that would be another devastating blow for our producers. And uh, so resolving these trade disputes, as you say, is just is just critical for us. And, of course, looking at the situation in China, uh, we we keep hearing reports that they may be getting close, but we've heard those reports before. Uh, but given the situation there with African swine fever, that might really create an even greater opportunity to move U.S. pork to China if these trade tensions are eased. Absolutely. Um, you know, pork is a staple of the Chinese diet. They are clearly... Uh, looking for reliable sources of pork. There is no more reliable producer of pork in the world than the United States. Uh, and so it is a, it's, it's a great opportunity for us. And, um, yeah, we hope we can not only, not only end the trade dispute and get back to the access we had before, but even improve that access. There's still some, you know, what we consider to be non-scientific barriers uh, even even before the trade dispute that were in place, and we want to start working on knocking those down. And Jim, on USMCA and these tariffs that we still have in place on Mexico and Canada, just hard to imagine there's any path forward to passing USMCA as long as they're in place. No, I I agree, um, and I think you know our North American trading partners um, are I, assuming that stance and. We're going to have to resolve the metal tariffs, I think, before we see USMCA move, and and that was a big that was a big part of the dialogue. You know, I think a lot a lot of the trade issues are obviously in the hands of the administration. Our message to Congress was to do all they can to urge the administration to resolve the disputes, and let's let's move forward on USMCA. Um, you know, I think uh, overall that it, it looks good for ratification, but as you say. Um, you know that, that I don't, I'm not sure we're going to get to that until we resolve the other issues. All right, Jim. Thanks for the update. We appreciate it. Good to talk with you. Always good to be with you, Mike. Thank you. Jim Monroe with the National Pork Producers Council. Okay, we're going to continue on uh, the trade issues. The latest with China seems like maybe they've made some more headway on as far as uh, compliance and things like that. Plus, the latest on USMCA, we'll talk with Joe Glober, Senior Research Fellow with the International Food Policy Research Institute and former USDA Chief Economist. He's coming up next and later in the program, an update uh, from South Dakota where they're really getting hit by this latest winter storm. Stay with us here on AOA. Powerful, effective, proven, tough, consistent, reliable. A lot of adjectives can describe a herbicide's weed control, but one only applies to Liberty Herbicide. Superior. Liberty Herbicide has no known resistance in row crops, more convenient application flexibility, and excellent control of key weeds, all backed by the Liberty Weed Control Guarantee. Learn more at liberty.basf.com. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Whether you're on the road or in the field, you need more than typical number two diesel. You need a heavy-duty diesel like Cenex Premium Diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. It's the diesel that keeps your equipment out of the shop and restores power by as much as 4.5% and fuel economy by up to 5%. So ask yourself, if you could be any diesel, which diesel would you be? Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Want to reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and stroke? Simple. Eat right. This is registered dietitian nutritionist Melissa Dobbins. A healthy diet can mean a healthier you. So eat a variety of proteins each week. Seafood, lean meat, poultry, beans, and nuts. 
Fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables at every meal. Choose foods that are lower in calories, fat, and sodium. Limit your alcohol and maintain a healthy weight. Let a registered dietitian nutritionist help you achieve your goals. Find one near you at eatright.org. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. June lean hog futures at the Merck jumped over 3% at the opening bell this morning amid a USDA report of large pork export sales to China last week. China buying 77,700 metric tons of pork. That would be a new high since USDA began reporting pork export sales in March of 2013. June lean hog futures are up 42% since hitting a low in late February. That unprecedented level of U.S. export sales of pork to China may bode poorly for soybean futures going forward. Traders say the amount of pork purchased by China suggests that the nation's pig herd has been decimated by African swine fever, putting a sizable dent in their supply. That means that China does not need to buy soybeans to make soybean meal or other feed to feed their pig herds. In soybean futures trending four to five and a fraction lower an hour into the day, May down five and a quarter, eight ninety seven. November nine twenty nine and three quarters, down four and three quarters. In corn, the May contract down a quarter of a cent at three sixty one and a half. December an hour into the day, down a penny and a quarter at three eighty nine and a half. Minneapolis spring wheat trending two to four cents higher. Chicago wheat two to three better and four and a half higher in Kansas City. In lean hog futures, that June contract up $2 per hundred weight at $98.50. Live cattle, June up 62 at one twenty sixty. We saw some early cash cattle sales in Nebraska, Kansas yesterday on a live basis at one twenty four per hundred weight. Feeder cattle, May up a nickel at one forty nine twenty seven. On Wall Street, the Dow is up 47, crude oil down 45. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin, we want to talk about the Dairy Pride Act that she is once again helping to sponsor. We have seen an explosion of imitation products that have gotten away with using dairy's good name for their own benefit, which is actually against the law, and that law must be enforced. So the Dairy Pride Act pushes the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, to actually enforce the law because mislabeling of plant-based products as milk really does hurt our dairy farmers and their hard work should be recognized and the law should be enforced. Dairy farmers across America are sort of in a perfect storm of uh, unfavorable conditions, whether that's the low price that they're getting for their milk or uh, issues of oversupply and trade wars. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And let's talk trade now with Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow, Institute for Food Policy, uh, International Food Policy Research Institute, and former USDA Chief Economist. Joe, thanks for joining us. Um, got a lot to talk about on the trade front. Let's start with China. Uh, we're, we're getting uh, reports that they've made some headway on some types of compliance offices and oversight, things like that. What do you make of that? Well, Look, any any news that that you know bodes better for exports is good news, and so uh, I think you know all all of the rumblings sound positive um, about increasing exports and, and getting some return to normalcy in those markets. But I I'm a little leery, frankly, of you know there's been a lot of talk about well maybe China would establish quotas. For U.S. soybeans, you know, and, and uh, I've heard some uh, U.S. officials talk positively about that because, you know, they want to push that, that that those could be some big numbers. But um, it, I guess I'd rather see this thing go back to normal tariffs and, and go back to the 3% tariffs and let the trade make those decisions. Um, I think managed trade 
is something we've tried to move away from, and the idea of setting up these quantitative uh, quotas, they're great if they're floors, but if they're caps, they're not a good deal. And frankly, we have a WTO case right now against China about TRQs. Uh, they, you know, they have TRQs for wheat, corn, and rice that were part of their accession agreement to the WTO, and they have been miserable about filling them. Um, uh, just looking at the last five years of data, I think something like 41 percent of the quota was filled for wheat, about 46 percent for corn, and about 60 percent for rice. So. You know, you don't want to see those same fill rates uh, be announced five years from now for for soybeans. Um, and I think he, I think that's the difference between that and and letting the commercials go in and say, okay, we got a three percent tariff. We're gonna we know what that means for our business, and we're gonna import. We're gonna import from the low cost producer, and that's where I think the U.S. gains. When it comes to compliance. Uh a lot of people have pointed to that's going to be the key with whatever agreement is announced. How difficult do you think that's going to be? Well, uh, look, a lot depends on what, what the rules are. I, I, I'd i rather see a compliance thing worked out with the WTO because that, that, that makes all parties responsible. And um, the problem with a bi- bilateral agreement is a handshake deal, and, and let's hope that it it goes longer. Oh, one, let's hope it works, and let's hope it stays longer than what the the two individuals who are in power are in those countries right now. Um, uh, again, compliance is key here, particularly when you're talking about things like tariff quota uh, administration. There are just a lot of ways of of you know uh, excluding and and uh, it's, you know again one of the reasons why we've had miserable fill rates uh, for some of these commodities. We're talking with Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow at the International Food Policy Research Institute. Joe, the African swine fever situation seems like China does not have that under control. We've seen it spread to some other countries now. Uh, what is your uh, perspective on that, and what what's the potential damage that's being done here and could yet be done? Well, no, I think this is of 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 real concern and is sort of bub- has been bubbling beneath the surface of all this, you know, focus on the on the trade war side is the fact that demand uh, for protein meals is is being eroded by uh, the expansion of of this disease and you know for all signs given the fact that we're still seeing um, uh, announcements of of outbreaks in, in in new places within China that this is not yet under control by any means and and as you say it, it um i mean i it, look disease you know infectious diseases like this are very very uh, difficult you have to put a lot of energies to try to stop them we know how those things are when when uh we, we have uh, similar type diseases hitting the u.s and and hopefully we that this is i mean you know that that obviously would be a huge concern here uh to to keep that out of the u.s but um you know, to take a country which is a very major pork-consuming uh, country, um, that that you know, again, I I in listening to some of the the news that was pursued uh, this talk, you know, sure that's going to be short-term good for us because we'll be able to move some pork, and that that obviously is good for corn and soybean farmers here too. Um, but uh, it it long-term for that. Uh, you know, you hope that that doesn't really, uh, really hurt that market. That they that that market needs to jump back, and they, um, you know, that's hopefully something they can get under control. But it, it is a big concern, and and you know, the the market now is focused on. I saw USDA's numbers came out uh, yesterday, or first part of this week, uh, talking about uh, uh, you know they're looking at inventories down and 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 pork consumption down, but some of the private market analysts are, are showing even higher numbers so we'll see do things like that the african swine fever situation does that put more pressure on china to uh come to an agreement on a deal well uh well it's good good point i think that that you know uh, the problem with tariffs you know retaliatory tariffs whenever you put them on you're shooting yourself in the foot as well, right? I mean, um, uh, you're going to say, well, we're going to really punish you guys, uh, uh, your exporters who'd like to ship stuff here. But, in fact, you're also punishing your consumers and, you know, your intermediate processors and other things that, 
that uh, um, are being hurt by this. No question the swine fever thing is, is hurting um, uh, the hog industry there, but it's also hurting, I'm sure, the um, uh, on top of that, really hurting the crushers and others who are seeing reduced demand for protein meal. Um, so how it, how it affects the trade war itself, I think, is is uh, there are bigger issues probably in, in that whole thing. I, I mean, I understand we have big um, you know industrial goods that are involved with this as well, and 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 other things. But uh, um, uh, no question, it is it is causing a very big ripple in the agricultural markets. And uh, your thoughts on USMCA, um, I mentioned this earlier, and it's been talked about a lot by many, including those in Congress. It just doesn't seem to be a path forward to getting USMCA passed unless uh, we lift the uh, steel and aluminum tariffs on, on Mexico and Canada. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think that's, uh, I mean, I, and, and believe me, that that doesn't solve all the problems. There, there are, uh, I think it's a tough haul through Congress um, some of that's going to be just political, and and uh, uh, but but uh, you know when you have you know people like Senator Grassley coming out saying that he's you know he he'll push for this thing, but not until we get rid of those tariffs. I think that's going to be a very major deal, and and certainly you you're having that with um, uh, you know when Canada says, well, look, we're we're willing to to talk to you about some of these these issues you're raising, but but we're not going to do anything until you take off these these tariffs. I think that's that's where we are, and I think that that those things are are going to have to come off before we're going to get uh, this thing moved. And Canada is talking about uh, you know uh, another list of retaliatory tariffs against U.S. products, including ag products. Yeah, uh, you know, thus far the ag products that have been that, that they have hit have been processed products, so you know farmers don't feel it as directly as as you would say you know Mexico uh, by contrast, which hit you know cheese and pork pretty hard. Um, it, it will be interesting to see what's on this list uh, when Canada comes out with their their new list. I mean they they certainly have rights to uh, um, you know uh, uh, change the what's on those lists. We've, we've done that with the Europeans in, in the past. So we'll see what that, that list is. And, and obviously those products are often chosen with, with uh, to send some very strong political mes- messages. I know with the current list, I think bourbon whiskey's on there essentially to uh, uh, you know make a point to Mitch McConnell. And, and you know, uh, so we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, again, as I said before, any time you put on tariffs, it's you're shooting yourself in the foot as well because uh, clearly consumers need, need want these items. Um, uh, you know, producers, uh, intermediate producers, other things. It, it always hurts somebody. Hey, one last note on China before we let you go. Uh, hopefully, we get a good deal and get one soon. But if it comes down to that no deal, you know, bad deal or no deal. That type of scenario, uh, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder at some point, right? Well, uh, no, don't get me wrong. The, the, there, there's, I've said this several times, I think, on your program. There are serious issues with China that, that need to get resolved. And now that we're in it, let's hope that and, and, and that we're, we're, we've created a lot of pain for ourselves with these tariffs and other things. Let's hope that, that uh, uh, we get something for it. Um, uh, I'd, I'd hate to just to say, okay, well, there's no deal. That's going to leave a lot of soybean producers and a lot of other producers out, out on a limb. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's, I, I, you're, I don't think under that scenario you're going to go back to the way things were 12 months ago or, or uh, 18 months ago. I think you're now kind of in this, and you hope this gets, gets, this re, uh, gets resolved, gets resolved in a, in a good way. All right, Joe, thank you for your perspective, and uh, we will talk again as we get more news on the, on the trade front. Thank you very much. Great, Mike. Thanks. Joe Glauber, Senior Research Fellow for the International Food Policy Research Institute, former Chief Economist at USDA. All right, coming up next, uh, more on the winter storm. We're going to go to South Dakota. We'll talk with a farm broadcaster in Pierre, South Dakota, for an update on conditions in that state. Stay with us here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.
Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her four-seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Did you know you can listen to the latest podcast of Adams on Agriculture or hear the top news and weekend review from the American Ag Network on your Amazon Alexa? Play my flash briefing. Use the Alexa app to search for the podcast you want to play. Search for Adams on Agriculture to learn about the issues affecting agriculture each weekday. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Again. Or you can search for the American Ag Network. This is the American Ag Network Week in Review. I'm Sabrina Hill. Stay up to date on agriculture with the sound of your voice on your Amazon device. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, former Secretary of Agriculture and the President and CEO of the U.S. Dairy Export Council, Tom Vilsack. Well, we're hearing criticisms uh, being raised, uh, especially by some House Democrats on USMCA, saying it needs to be renegotiated. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think there are a number of different ways to address any concerns. There are side agreements. There is implemented legislation that could provide some assurance to, to members. At the end of the day, I know a lot of members are currently concerned about the impact of retaliatory tariffs, and if they're not lifted, Mike, uh, that would basically negate the benefits of the trade agreement. So I, I think there are a lot of issues the administration has to deal with. I know Ambassador Lighthizer has been working hard, listening to folks and trying to figure out uh, the narrow path that all trade agreements have to pass uh, in order to get through the system. Uh, I'm confident that by the end of the day, people will realize that, at least for agriculture, this is an incredibly important uh, agreement. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with Geeks On Site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. 
Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 855-801-2854. 855-801-2854. That's 855-801-2854. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. South Dakota getting hit by this latest winter storm. Let's go to Pier, South Dakota, and talk with Jody Heemstra. She's farm director for the Dakota Radio Group. And Jody, uh, I guess quite literally, you're you're stuck in the storm, right? Yeah, <laughs> quite literally stuck in the storm. My car almost made it home right out in front of my apartment, and I'll deal with that when I get off the phone with you, but, but uh, you know, it, there's a lot of snow coming down. This is a lot, and my dog says hi. Now, this is a lot different snow than what we had with the last storm. Uh, the last one was a lot wetter, a lot heavier, a lot windier, and uh, this one, not as much wind, but we're getting, at least here in the Pier Direct area, uh, getting way more snow than we had uh, with the, pre- the previous system. Uh, but the wind hasn't picked up yet, yet, being the operative word. Um, I think unofficially it's about eight inches of snow we have here in uh, Pier proper so far, and more expected on the way yet today, tonight, and possibly tomorrow before our blizzard warning is uh, set to expire, hopefully at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Are roads being closed yet? All over South Dakota. No travel advised right here, again, in Pier proper. Uh, no travel advised in Hughes County, Stanley County, right next door to us. The state has closed interstates, state highways, you know, that sort of thing. Um, roads that are open are basically impassable. So, you know, essentially they're closed as well. It's And this is, <laughs> you know, from Rapid City to, to Sioux Falls, going from the west end to the east end of South Dakota. Once again, just like the first bomb cyclone, uh, you know, all parts of the state are getting at least a little bit of this. Yeah, getting it once is bad enough. To get it twice, uh, wow, you, you you must really feel like you're in the uh, in the crosshairs <laughs> here. You know, I, you know, the, they kept saying with the first one, the bomb cyclone and what an anomaly it was. And, well, this is the second one in not quite a month, so... I don't know if this is a sign we're all supposed to buy some lottery tickets because we're breaking the odds or, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what it, what it means, like, but, but yeah, uh, you know, fortunately, hopefully, crossing our fingers, this one will not create the extensive flooding aftermath that the one in mid-March did. A lot of moisture came with that, as I'm sure many of your listeners know, uh, some dams and levees, things broken Nebraska. We're right here on the Missouri River with the reservoirs rising and, and water flowing, you know, out out of out of its banks there. Um, you know, Watertown, Sioux Falls, Yankton on the eastern side of the state there along the Minnesota border, all fighting uh, lots of flood, rising floodwaters. This isn't going to help for certain, but hopefully it will not create the fast rise and um, you know, exacerbates the, the situation for those folks over there. What are you hearing from uh, livestock producers in South Dakota? You know, they're, they're a hearty bunch, as we know, Mike. They're, you know, the ones that have, you know, sheds that they can get everything in, you know, they're, they're doing all right and, you know, hanging out in the barn or using their cameras and monitoring, you know, things from the house as they can. Uh, a lot of folks, western South Dakota, uh, calve out on pastures, so they've done what they can to, bring herds in close, try and get them to some tree, tree belts, windbreaks, uh, that sort of thing, you know, kind of judge the herd and see who's closest to calving, getting them inside and calves on the ground dried off and up and moving and, and rotating things out as they're able to. Uh, so far, you know, uh, there's, there's going to be a little loss in any situation like this, but fortunately nothing uh, horrendous yet. Um, and hopefully there will not be with, with this one, especially, you know, uh, just a few years after uh, Winter Storm Atlas that did so much damage around here. Has to be hard to look out right now and think that spring planting is very close, right? 
you know, I, I thought it was, but apparently we're going to wait a little while longer. Um, maybe Mother Nature has a has a plan. Wants some, you know, shorter season, later planted crops, and we'll mix things up. You know, here in Central South Dakota, corn, soybeans, but we get a lot of the sorghums and sunflowers and and wheats and stuff. A little more of a mix here in the middle than what we see on the eastern side of the state, and kind of helps us transition over to the pasture we see mostly on the western side so i am interested to see what sort of crop mix we end up with here in the central part of the state this year have you heard any farmers say they might have to make some changes as far as what they plant you know they're after the winter we had you know they they had ideas but the the, the folks i've talked to have been pretty pretty flexible no diehard oh my goodness i'm gonna lose you know, this many acres of sunflowers, or I'm going to have to switch it to this or that just yet. Um, nobody seems to be stressing too much, mostly worried about getting soils, uh, you know, dried out and, and being sure uh, nutrient levels are, are appropriate for whichever crop that they're going to put into that particular piece of land this particular growing season. Well, I tell you what, several years ago I was in Pierre and got caught in one of your winter storms, and I know... Uh, uh, <laughs> You can have some dandies out there. I mean, when you have a winter storm, you have them big out there. You know, it must be big because uh, the Weather Channel has people in Rapid City, like Watertown, Sioux Falls, and Rapid City. Uh, CBS News has folks on the eastern side of the state. So when, you know, mainstream media discovers that South Dakota is a thing, something big has got to be going on. There's usually a problem if mainstream media finds you, right? (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. That's not usually a good sign, but... Well, Jody, our best to all of of you there in South Dakota as you uh, brace yourself uh, to get through another storm. Good luck to you. Hope you get your car out soon. Thanks a lot for being with us. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, that is Jody Heemstra. She's in Pierre, South Dakota. She's farm director for the Dakota Radio Group. And again, uh, uh, South Dakota... Uh, getting pounded right now, as we heard from Mike Palmerino earlier, that the storm's going to continue to move on up and to hit some other states as well. We'll keep you updated tomorrow and on the winter storm and a lot of these trade issues as well. So hope you'll join us again tomorrow right here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture.